telling you love that. I get more nervous in this room than anywhere else. It's on your radio right now. Do you know how to pop that coochie for a good one? There you go. It's the world's most dangerous one to show. Got the cameras on my the Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Good morning. Day hump day. Good morning, everybody. To you, the birds are chirping. What happened to A Town, man? I don't know. He's still doing stuff. For real, what are you doing all time? Yeah, he sent me a DM the other day. I think uh, it's a movie or something. Oh, you trying to holler? Okay. <laughs> no, he's trying to promote himself. Why oh. would you say that? No, congrats to A-Town. Congrats to uh, A-Town for being in a movie. I don't know what the movie is, but Angelique says he has a movie, so congrats to him. Absolutely. I was running a little late today. I, I don't know about your kids today, but my kids have half day. And when they have half day, uh, we have a routine in the crib where I pack the kids snacks every day. So I just assume oh, they got half day. They don't need no snacks. And my wife is like, no, they need snacks. So I had to jump back in the house, pack up the snacks. And as she was starting to get them ready and had to get up out of there. So I was just a, a titch late. Hey, man, it's a game of inches in the morning. <laughs> it's a game of inches. No, it really it is. is it's truth. a game of inches. If you live, you know, a certain distance from the radio station, if you're not out the house by a certain time, you know whether you're going to be on time or you're going to be late. That's just the way the game goes. It's then, like football. It's a game of inches, yo. Then I had to choose if I was going to put the garbage out or not. Oh, that's rough. That's if, I, see, if I had to see, put the garbage see. out, I'd be late. Sorry. Yeah, you got to do that the night before. Yeah. That's, just, that's just planning. Oh, see, just, but then you got the animals. The animals, like, you know, they jump in your garbage and your rat squirrels and I don't deers care. and bears. And you you got to do that. Put a lid on the trash can. That don't work. Them, them bears knock that trash can over. Well, them squirrels are smart as hell. You got to do it. because Aggressive swir- squirrels, too. Especially where I live now because my driveway is a little too far from the house, so. Okay, talk that is. <laughs> talk that is. Life is good. Listen, and speaking of life, Life After Death, Sister, Sister Soldier, the sequel, the coldest winner ever, is out. Not only is it out, it's sold out everywhere. Is it? That's yes. amazing. That's great. She's number yeah. one on Amazon, sold out everywhere. It won't be available for uh, another couple of weeks, but she's here with us this morning. That's right. So we're going to kick it with Sister Soldier in a little bit. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right, A-Town has a movie out called A-Town the Movie. Terrible segment. No, you don't go back to I'm A-Town. Just telling, just I'm going back to it because I was looking it up trying to see what he sent. But yes, he has a movie called A-Town the Movie. So he's starring in his own movie. Congratulations to yes. A-Town. All right. I was driving in today and I see that uh, Dr. Oz saved somebody yesterday. How Dr. Oz saved somebody? Uh, he was at Newark Airport. I guess he was catching a flight and uh, I guess a guy a couple seats away from him had a heart attack. Really? Yeah. So, you know, Dr. Oz, that's what he does. He He's a heart doctor. Um, so uh, Dr. Oz jumped on his knees and started giving him mouth-to-mouth and saving him. Sounds staged to me. <laughs> when the new season of Dr. Oz started. Oh, that's nice. Stop it, man. Yeah, tell you, Dr. Oz is my guy, but come on, Doc. Just you conveniently was on a flight with somebody had a heart attack, Dr. Oz. And they went Newark Airport. <laughs> they do that on the, on the plane. They'll be like, is there a doctor on the flight? Not a, is there a doctor on the flight? Well, you wouldn't have to ask that if Dr. Oz was there. That you, you, you're looking right at him. Hey! 
Doc. Doc. That's the airport. He was at the airport. You never been on a plane and that's happened? Is, is there a doctor on the flight? Yeah, but you yeah. ain't never been that's, on a plane with Dr. Yeah. Oz, the doctor that everybody knows. I mean, come on. If Dr. Oz and Dr. Dre are on the plane, you're not going to ask for the doctor. You're going to be like, Doc, come on. <laughs> come on, Do Doc. something. Come on, Doc. Yeah, so Dr. Oz uh, saved, saved the gentleman's life. So well, shout out to Dr. Oz. congratulations, Dr. Oz, for a, a well-timed publicity stunt. Drop it. Nah, nah, don't do that, man. <laughs> Dr. Oz. And if you ever on a flight with Dr. Oz, Dr. Oz likes to take pictures of you when you fall asleep. Like, that's Dr. Oz's thing. Like, I've been on a couple of flights with Dr. Oz, and when I wake up, when I get finally land, him and his wife are usually laughing at me, and they're showing me pictures of me sleeping, snoring, drooling. I'm like, come on, Dr. Oz, grow up. Well, At least they weren't on the flight with you crying watching a movie. That only happened once. You stop it. <laughs> Dr. Oz is a good guy, though. He's That's a great guy. Man. I was actually talking to him uh, last week about having a, a, a panel to talk about uh, why black people distrust the vaccine. Hmm. Would he participate in a, a panel like that? I'm sure he would. I'm sure he said oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dr. Oz, he always shows up. All right, but let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Well, speaking of the vaccine, according to President Joe Biden, the United States will have enough vaccines for every adult American. We'll tell you the timeline when that's going to happen. All right. We'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, President Joe Biden said yesterday the U.S. will have enough COVID-19 vaccine doses for every adult American by the end of May. Now, that doesn't mean everybody's going to get it by the end of May. It does mean that they still have to worry about distribution and personnel. It could take longer for that to happen. But that's all thanks to a new partnership between major U.S. drug makers. So that will make it uh, on target. And that's progress. And he also wants to make sure that teachers... Uh, are also known now as essential workers, so they should be... That should have been. Uh, well, they are essential workers, but they also will be able to get the vaccine ahead of other people. So there's some of these creatures back open, basically. It was, uh, you see Texas. Well, I mean... Well, we'll get into that right Texas, now. Texas is a little different. <laughs> Texas and Mississippi have lifted COVID restrictions and mask mandates. Now, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said this. The number of active COVID cases is the lowest since November and is less than half of what it was just a month ago. Also, today is the lowest positivity rate we've had in four months. We have been under 10% positivity rate for days now. Today, we're now under 9% positivity rate in the state of Texas. But make no mistake, COVID has not like suddenly disappeared. Yeah, and that's what I don't understand. If things are trending the right way in Texas, it's probably because of the mandates and everybody doing what they're supposed to be doing. So why stop it? <laughs> well, here's what else Governor Abbott had to say. Effective next Wednesday, all businesses of any type are allowed to open 100%. Also, I am ending the statewide mask mandate. Now, despite these changes, remember this. Removing state mandates does not end personal responsibility. That don't make any sense. You did. We America has already proven that we don't do well with personal responsibility. When you give people a choice, they will make the wrong. wrong choice. So sometimes you have to have the mandates in place so people do what they have to do. Now, yeah, am I reading this right? They're saying Texas has 2.6 million cases. Um, that's crazy. Couldn't tell you because if that's the case, you know they're number two. California's number one with three point five. Texas is two point six. Then Florida one point nine. Then New York one point six. So they're number two, and they're like party, 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 party. Let's all get wasted. Well, I'm not even mad at the businesses being open 100, percent but you know, don't tell people that don't they don't have masks. to wear masks. You know what I mean? Even when you're in these businesses, you should still social distance as much as possible. You should still wear masks. And that goes back to my original point: if they're, if they're trending the right way. Right. And t cases are going down. Then why? Oh, why? 
would you stop people from doing what they're supposed to be doing? Bro, they're going to have concerts. They're going to have uh, shows. And, and you're going to be there DJing. But I'm not going to be in the crowd. And I'm gonna have to play. Oh my gosh, Envy! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, other states, other states are loosening their restrictions as well in Louisiana. Most businesses and restaurants will be allowed to increase capacity to seventy-five percent. In Michigan, restaurants can open it to fifty percent capacity, which is up from twenty-five percent on March fifth. And in Kentucky, they said many businesses can increase to sixty percent capacity. That includes barbershops, hair salons, bars and restaurants, bowling alleys, fitness centers, movie theaters, and government offices. Yeah, I don't mind the businesses increasing, but just everybody still wear your mask and social distance when you're in these businesses as much as possible. Still use your hand sanitizer and all but that. But you good can, stuff. you can socially distance when they're just going to allow everybody in. It's going to be jam packed. Yeah, yeah that's why restaurants packed. are doing fifty percent because they don't want to have it's the same amount packed. of tables and people sitting right next to each other. People going to be at the bars like you can't. So Take, take personal responsibility and don't go in packed pack places. That's all. Now, you don't have to be in a packed place. But I'm just you're saying, right. if you're in a, a business, even if it's an essential business and there's a lot of people there, just social distance as best as you can. If you're at the drugstore, the grocery store, just stay away from people, wear your mask. Just don't tell people not to wear a mask. I agree. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, that's your front page news. Yeah, and and, and, and I think people should take the vaccines. It's my opinion. You your family. Don't. Everybody can't take it right now, though. Now everybody can't, but you know, if you can, if you get the opportunity to, I would I would advise you do. That's just my opinion. But anyway, get it off your chest. 800 585 1051 If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. Hit us right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? It's Jay. Jay, what's up? Get it off your chest, bro. Man, listen, man. I'm from Mississippi. And these folks, they're not wearing their masks, bro. Like, it's ridiculous. There's no type of self, no self-responsibility, anything like that, man. Not down here. That's why you got to have a mandate. I'm telling you, Americans just aren't capable of taking personal responsibility. Yes, and without that mandate, it's just going to get worse. And the fact that they made masks political. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you if you, if you you wear a mask, you know, you're a liberal. If you don't wear a mask, you, you're a conservative. It's just like, man, who got time for all I that? I know people say, like, Southern hospitality, but, bro, at the end of the day, they still the South. That's they right. They still some of the same old rules down here. And like you said, it is very political. And you in the M-I, crooked letter, crooked letter, I, crooked letter, crooked letter, I, humpback, humpback, I. Hello, who's this? What up, though? This is Lee from Detroit. What up, though? What up? Man, I, I got a question I need to ask you and he. I know you real heavy in the real estate, and I know she got property here. I'm about to do something in the real estate field, and I need to get the financing together. My, my credit score is wonderful and all that, but... I want to make sure I make the right move because I don't want to hurt my credit score. Mm-hmm. What you trying to do? Um, it's on the line of a being breakfast, but it's a little bit different. I don't really want to say exactly because I don't need everybody in Detroit with a couple dollars. <laughs> that's what I'm about to try to do. I am mad if you got the property ready you want to buy. I'm about to go check it out. Well, go check it out. Where you getting the property from? Is it wholesale or is it retail? It's retail. Okay, so you're getting it at market value. I would look to try to get a, a, a property that's under market value just, just so you have some wiggle room if something goes wrong, if you need to fix it up so you always know that you are winning. You can check out, um, I don't know what you're looking for, if you're looking for a house or if you're looking for a building or what you're looking for, but check out um, auction.com. 
and hubzoo.com. They have a lot of properties uh, for wholesale prices, cheaper than retail. Might need a little bit of work. Sometimes it doesn't, but that way you have a little skin in the game. So if something ever happens, you have a little equity in your property so that you, you won't be hurting. So let me, uh, what's the chances I can holler at one of your people? Like I said, I don't need no money or nothing, but it ain't, it ain't either one of those. And I don't really want to say exactly what it is. So you don't need money. You know nope, the property. So what you need? You good. But you want to make sure it doesn't affect it his credit. Right. Look, my goal, I'm 42. My goal is by the time I'm 50, my wife don't have to work no more. So I got a bunch of small business ideas, but I need to do it strategically so I can get everything done. And this is my first step. And it's a big one. I see. It sounds like you need a business manager, not somebody that's going to help you. Um... Hold on a line. Let me see if, if I And if you have an account. And by the way, the there's direction. these two sisters in Detroit that opened up a bed and breakfast. I don't know if you've been there. Um, Cochran, have you been there? Sisters, Rodrika and Francina James. People say it's amazing. It's a luxury uh, bed and breakfast hotel. Have you been there? What's it called? It's called the Cochran House Luxury Inn. No, I haven't. You should go check that out. It opened, like I think, like two years ago. Yeah, do but your homework. Everybody see how, was see talking how about work it. Out. You know, you might even have to, you know, stand, you know, sit outside in your car and see how many people come and see what their process is. Or go in, yeah. spend the night there. Oh yeah. Where, where is that? You got to do your homework, man. We ain't doing the homework for you. She just told you the name of it. Go Google it. Cochrane. <laughs> yeah, C O C H R A N E. All right, brother. Cochrane. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, 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 how you doing? Shout out to all you guys. How you guys? This is uh, Cash Corleone from the DMV area. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Uh, I just want to get off my chest. Uh, my girl, she's been going through a lot. I just proposed to her... Uh, last july and she's been having a lot of issues with her parents and just really really going through it so i want to know if Charlemagne could possibly uh bless me with some six months of talk space i know you guys have been doing that i listen to you guys every morning so i just wanted uh, to no, we, we don't have, talk we don't we have, have any talk more talk space king but you know what i'll do you know what i'll do i'll send you a copy of the unapologetic guide to black mental health by dr rita walker okay. yeah that that okay that's that, definitely cool that's cool yeah that's a book uh, that i swear mind, by can i shut on my uh Shout out my podcast real fast. Of course. Okay. Uh, yeah, my podcast is called uh, WTF is Wrong. I kind of started it, honestly, because of uh, Brilliant Idiots. So, uh, you know, just kind of talking about what's going wrong with the world, what's going on with me, what's wrong with everybody. So, you know, uh, but I right. appreciate it uh, for taking my call. Hold on, bro. Now, Charlamagne, you got something that, you know, I know sometimes you say you do things to keep you grounded. Do you have any, you know, any, maybe exercises he can do with his wife that might be able to help him out? Um, and I do meditation. I do meditation and I do breathing exercises. But um, mm -hmm. I would also encourage you to go to uh, the, uh, at the app store and download the Chopper Meditation app hosted by my, okay. my, my sister, Debbie Brown, because okay. she's the, uh, the guru when it comes to those kind of exercises. But you can do like she teaches you these different uh, meditations and quick breathing exercises you can do every morning. OK, OK. Cool, cool. Um, Good luck, brother. Dope. Can I shout out? Uh, appreciate it. All right, man. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Jasmine. Hey, get it off your chest. Okay, so I'm a pharmacy student. I'm working in the ICU currently. I see all the COVID cases, and I just hate when people are like, oh, no, the vaccine causes infertility. I'm not getting that. Where did you hear that? Where are you reading that? I just get so angry when people are like, 
reading the wrong information and spreading it to their friends, yo. It's just really annoying. I ain't gonna lie. You, Somebody told me that yesterday. It was like, you know, Envy, you got five kids. You know, I'm trying to have some kids, so I don't know if I'm going to take the vaccine. I was like, the vaccine it, it makes you infertile? I didn't know that. But you know where they get that yeah. from, though. They get that from you the know? internet. Come on. Right. Honestly, Conspiracy. We don't know if catching COVID will give you infertility, so better not catch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, Envy took it, so he'll uh, he's yeah. going to keep us updated. When are you getting your second shot, Envy? Uh, two weeks. I got two more weeks to get you my second shot. You gotta wait till CVS throw the trash out again. <laughs> <laughs> when CVS throws the trash out again, he'd be out there like a little goddamn animal. That's not the truth, but uh, yeah, um, I got my first shot. I, I kind of just was, you know, waiting around a, a pharmacy and nobody came for this shot and they couldn't find an essential worker in time. So I, I kind of got the last shot, which I'm not mad at. Wow, that's awesome. I know J- Johnson Johnson is rolling out in New York now, so there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot more appointments available for people who like couldn't get it before. So it's just really awesome. And you now, just said but... one shot with that one, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and so even, even that, people say, oh, the efficacy is so low. But it's actually 100% prevention of death and long-term, you know, getting those right. uh, long-term... Right, we were discussing that. They were, Yeah, you can still mm-hmm. get it, but at least you won't die or right. have to be yeah. hospitalized. And they were saying that they might do a booster shot with that as well. Like they, they gotta, uh, they, they're going to um, start checking that out. Maybe they do another shot and that'll make, you know, make the rates go higher a little bit. So maybe it might be two shots later on. But right now, it, like they're saying, if you can get any shot, get any shot. Exactly. And you know what? It's just going to save us in the long run. So I'm a proud proponent of it. And I think it's just important to share with our family, you know, important information because sometimes the wrong stuff gets in the wrong hands and um, that misinformation will keep people down the wrong path. No, that's the internet for you. Have All right, a good thank day, you. Babe. Get it off hey, your Sister chest. Soldier, too, man. Make sure to let people know Sister Soldier joining us next hour. Yeah, next hour, Sister Soldier will be, will be joining us. But get it off your chest, 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way? And yes, and let's talk about Chad Johnson, a.k.a. Ocho Cinco. He broke down on his episode of the I Am Athlete podcast, and we'll tell you about that discussion about mental health. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen all the gossip, gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Envy came in this morning talking about Dr. Oz and how Dr. Oz saved somebody's life. And Dr. Oz himself is talking about what happened at Newark Airport after someone collapsed and flatlined. The flight had been delayed, so I was with my wife and one of my daughters, and I left my the daughter with the luggage to go get, you know, the stuff that was coming off the carousel. And she, about five seconds later, yelled, Daddy, Daddy, uh, come quick. And when I turned around, I realized what had happened. A fairly burly gentleman uh, who ended up being 61 years of age had collapsed, fallen on his face. There was no pulse. And so the first thing you do when there's no pulse is you give the patient a pulse by doing CPR. So getting top of his chest, compressing as hard as I could. Wow, that's scary. He said the man had no pulse. He was turning a bad color. He had foam coming out of his mouth when he started doing CPR. And fortunately, Dr. Oz was able to control his main his um, airway and the defibrillator arrived. And that's when they shocked him at the highest power possible. And it worked. We're dropping the clues bombs for Dr. Oz. I mean, you know, that's 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 divine timing, right? Like God will have you in the right place at the right time, you know, in the right situation sometimes, you know, to help people. Hell yeah. And I hate that the internet has made me uh, cynical. 
to I mean, even to even think that this could be a publicity stunt. Hell, I even, mean, I'm looking. I'm looking to see when it's sweep week. Sweep stupid, week, man. When is it? Shout when is the new Oz, season of Doctor Oz premiering? I hate that Shout I. Shout to Oz. Shout to Doctor Oz. I hate that the world has made me that way. I hate it. It's horrible. All right, Elon Musk says he wants to create a city in Texas and he wants to call it Starbase. Uh, so, oh no, Spacebase. I'm sorry. Why does it say Starbase here? So, oh, it is, it is Starbase. Okay. So creating the city as Starbase, Texas is what he wrote from thence to Mars and hence the stars. So he's kept those details to a minimum. But he wants to, according to reports, uh, incorporate Boca Chica Village, a small Texas town where SpaceX is building their deep space rocket and make it that. All right, he got the paper to do it. He definitely does. Go on and build your town. Go on and build White Condor. He's doing a lot, though. I ain't gonna lie. He's trying to do stuff at Mars. Space, space, Starbase. Yeah. Shout out to him. Well, would you, um, I'll talk about that later. Stock. All right, Takashi69 is being sued for unpaid security bills totaling more than $75,000. So apparently he had all this protection. And that was in late 2018 before he got locked up. But he didn't pay those people from before he went to jail. Yeah, so you, now he's being sued. Yeah, I mean, if you're him, you have to keep up with that bill. Absolutely. That's, a, that's, that's one a, you don't want to be laid on. That's like life insurance. That's like <laughs> that's like that's like regular people throwing their middle finger to the IRS. Like, I ain't paying y'all. Okay. Yeah. I'll show you who's boss then. See how your life yeah, so is. they had around the clock security for him. They said it was $85 an hour during the day, and at night it was $127.50 an hour. I mean, that's another reason you gotta keep that money going, right? Because when the money gets low and you know you somebody like him. If that security goes away, boy, you fool. Well, you started seeing a little bit. I don't know if you remember. At first, you used to have like 10, 12 security guards. Now, I think it's like four or five. But I just wish him the well. I wish him the best. I hope and, nobody hurts that much. And I wonder how many insured security companies will, you know, protect somebody like that because he seems to in incite things often. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's not what security is for. Security is for defense, not offense. Well, according to Takashi's lawyer, uh, Lance Lazaro, he said Takashi's booking agency at the time is responsible for covering the tab and that that should really be going to them and not to Takashi. He has nothing to do with it. All right. Chad Johnson, he broke down over losing his mother on his I Am Athlete podcast. He was uh, talking to Brandon Marshall, Channing Crowder and Unc Fred Taylor. And in this episode, he talks about the importance of having conversations about mental health. That's what Brandon Marshall was really discussing. And uh, here's what he's had to say about that time of his life. One of my lowest moments happened, you know, two, three weeks ago when I got that call. Yo, um, you need to come by. And I knew there was a problem because I got a call from an immediate family member. But you normally don't call me. And I called from three other people, wait, how do you even get my number when my number changed in December? So I knew it was an issue. And I called my brother right away. And then he answered the phone crying. I just hung up. I already knew what time it was. And so then I mentally prepared myself to bury my old girl. Damn, man. Sending healing energy to Chad Ochocinco. Yeah. Sadly, that's something we all probably going to have to do one day. Mm -hmm. He also talks about their final interaction and said that she was upset with him for not going out to dinner with his family for his birthday, uh, with him for going out to dinner with his family for his birthday and for not inviting her to that dinner. And she had sent him a, a lot of text messages and he said she was letting him have it. So it kind of hurt him too. That was the last exchange that they had. It wasn't like, I love you or anything like that. Mm. And so that bothered him as well. And then when they asked him on a scale of one to 10, where are you? And here, And he said he was at a seven. Here's what he said. That train has to keep moving. So if I'm at a three, I'm flatline. I can't flatline. There's no time to flatline. I have time to grieve. I've done my grieving. And I will continue to grieve over and over. I will continue to cry mm. 
over and over. But that train has to keep going. So I'm at a seven. Well, the train doesn't have to keep going. Like, you don't have to keep it moving. Like, it's perfectly fine to stop and be still and, you know, give yourself a chance to grieve. You know, busyness is a trauma response. You know, there's plenty of therapists and psychiatrists to tell you that. Like, the tendency to keep it moving after experiencing something traumatic isn't isn't always productive. But maybe that's his way of getting over it, though. Yeah, but nine times out of ten, it's a trauma response. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. And salute to Brandon Marshall, too, man. Mental health warrior. You know, everybody at uh, Project 375, man, fighting to, to eliminate, to eradicate the stigma of mental health in our community, man. Drop on the clues bombs for Brandon Marshall. That's my guy. Yeah, shout out to Brandon Marshall. He actually sent me a box for, for all you guys, but since he sent it to my crib, y'all all got dead it. You gotta stop stealing everybody's stuff, man. Yeah, shout out to Ty Mopkins, too. He sent me a starter jacket for you, too, Yee, but you got dead it. <laughs> It said Brooklyn. Why did y'all let Envy back in the building? It said Brooklyn mm -hmm. on it. and Wasn't Envy locked out downstairs? I was locked let him out back downstairs, in? yeah. Well, we locked him out. Why'd you let him in? We locked him out after this weekend. Yeah, lock him out. Because he's going to Atlanta for All-Star, and he's going back down to Atlanta for a real estate seminar. So we don't. I don't want to see him for 30 days. 30? Mm -mm. Got to be 30. What you going to do for 30 days without me? The same thing I've been doing. Living my life like a be celibate. <laughs> 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 All right, we got front page news next. What are we talking about? Yes, well, let's talk about it. I mean, look, Envy is, uh, but you did get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. So we'll discuss what's going on with the vaccine because apparently soon enough we'll all be able to get it. All right, we'll talk about it when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The last thing you worried about is Dr. Seuss books and what's going on in Dr. Seuss books. Okay. And by the way, it's only six out of all the books that he has out. It's not like they're canceling all Dr. Seuss books. That hoodie you're wearing right now, Envy, can make you a target. Right? Oh, yeah, because I'm wearing blue. No, because it's a hoodie. Oh, I thought you were going to say what blue is crib. I didn't know what you mean by that. Well, some people may look at it like that, but I'm just saying it's a hoodie. So mm -hmm. people look at that and they're talking. I'm saying this. I'm just tired of all of this symbolic change. Like, when is some real systemic change going going to happen? Like, I'm not applauding this. It's like, okay. All right. So you want to let these things go and just worry about big, bigger things? Yeah. Like, not. Okay. Yeah. So well, statues can stay up. I want to do them all. I think you could do both. Yeah, I want to do that's them all. That's what I, I want. The, I think it all matters. Oh, no, statues definitely should come down. I mean, but Dr. Seuss but books. Did you, let me ask you a question, Yee. You, did you ever think about Dr. Seuss books being racist before yesterday? I'm going to be honest. I know like two Dr. Seuss books only. Oh, Cat in okay. the Hat and Green Eggs and Ham. I didn't read all these books. Yeah. So That's my point. Yeah, but I think they but, could take it all down. Take the statues down. Definitely take the statues take, down. Take the books off. Take the cartoons out. All that. Take it all out. I just want I want real systemic change. I don't see how anybody can argue against that. That's all I'm saying. The, the, the symbolism stuff is cool, too, but I want real systemic change. Yeah, we're not arguing against that. I'm saying you could do both. Still. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Well, when we come back, mm -hmm. sister... Soldier will be joining us. She has a new book, Life After Death. Yes, the sequel mm -hmm. to The Coldest Winter Ever. 20 years later. That's right. So we're going to talk with Sister Soldier when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line. We have Sister Soldier on the line. Good morning. Peace. And thank you for welcoming me to The Breakfast Club. I really appreciate it. How are you? I'm pretty good. I, um... I've been having what I call a moment of silence. The last book that I wrote was called A Moment of Silence, Midnight Three. And in the opening poem, I thought that I wrote that I thought that everybody needed more than a moment of silence, maybe even a whole year to self-reflect and to self-correct. 
because of the direction that, you know, things seem to be moving in, not just for myself, but, you know, for the whole country. Yeah, I wonder about people like you who are so brilliant, you know, when they when they write. And it's like when the pandemic happened and everybody was at home, did you triple down on writing? I know you was already, you know, in, in writing mode. Did you write even more? No, I just thought it was really interesting because all of a sudden everybody had to live like me. <laughs> you know, when, when pe people were upset about quarantining, but my life is like that anyway. I mean, I do normal everyday things. I go to the market, I shop, I cook, I do the laundry, I do normal everyday things. But in terms of writing uh, or trying to be a uh, a, a meaningful author, you spend most of your time researching, reading, uh, interviewing, things like that. So uh, I'd always be either indoors or in bookstores <laughs> or in meetings, interviewing people anyway. So when the quarantine came, it was an easy shift for me to make. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you do research? Of course, you know, The Coldest Winter Ever to me is like, and to a lot of people, is a classic book. It's like Shakespeare level when it comes to writing and all of that. And for a lot of people, even when did that come out? In 1999? Yeah, Shakespeare. Even today. Shakespeare like, not as good as Sister Soldier. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so for yourself, right, how did you research a character like that and then even for the new novel that you have, how did you do research for her character? Well, for The Coldest Winter Ever, I didn't have to do research. I mean, the bottom line is uh, you either grew up in the hood or you didn't. <laughs> and uh, for the first part of my life, I grew up in the Bronx. Uh, first, I was on Crows Avenue in a house and my parents divorced and uh, I was in the projects in Throgs Neck. So uh, you see so many things when you're living there. Uh, if you're the type of person who's observant, uh, and that's how I am, kind of observant and very quiet, uh, although people may not believe that, and uh, study a lot. And so uh, when I went to write The Coldest Whenever, I wanted to write a cautionary tale against drugs. Because when I was growing up in the Bronx, you know, it was the heroin epidemic and the drugs hit the hood so hard. And I was a child, I was very fearful of it. So when I became an adult, I said, let me write uh, a novel uh, that gives people caution about the whole drug death style. And, uh, and then when I said that to myself, I said, well, you don't know any big hustlers and you know you don't know that life so how can you write about it and what do you know about and this is me talking to myself and i said well i know about women i said i know what i'll do i'll write about the hustler's daughter mm. and she's gonna be cold she's gonna be cold bloody and then i said oh cold bloody i'm the name of winter and then I said, well, she got to be in love with somebody because, you know, when we're teenagers, normally uh, us women, we have some guy that we're fixated on. And uh, I said, he's going to be tall, dark, handsome. And I was like, dog, dog, dog. Then I said, midnight. I said, that's it. I'm going to name her Winter. I'm going to name him Midnight. And I'm going to name the book The Coldest Winter. Wow. And then my, then my husband said, no the coldest winter ever. And that was it. Wow. Well, how we get here? And why 20 years later, the sequel? 
the coldest winter ever, life after death. What took so long? Oh, because at the end of coldest winter ever, uh, winter gets sentenced mm -hmm. to 15 years. I thought it was important that if it was going to be a genuine uh, cautionary tale, I thought it was very important for the whole hood to feel the absence of Winter Santiago. And I thought it would be really big when Winter Santiago got released wow. 15 years later. So I kind of let it reverberate while I wrote other books on other characters that are Midnight. Yes, Midnight. Did, did you feel any pressure since Coldest Winter ever was such a, you know, a, 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 a staple in black literature and it was so big and massive? Did you feel any pressure with the sequel? No, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm a cool vibration, meaning that I don't really get pressed by, you know, the readers or the public or anything. Everything that I do, I'm doing for a purpose or I'm doing it for a reason. I want it to be meaningful. And uh, if I was the kind of author that did what the readers expected or what the public expected, then that would lessen my value. Because if you can anticipate or expect what I'm what I'm going to write, then you could have wrote it yourself. What's supposed to make me special as an author is I'm writing something so dynamic you couldn't have thought of it yourself, or at least you didn't up until the moment of the release. I want to talk about Midnight's character from not from this book, but previously and his interracial relationship. What are your thoughts? on interracial relationships and not even just interracial, but just huge cultural differences. Well, to be honest with you, uh, I think it's all about the soul. I think the reason why it's an issue for African-American women and men is a political reason, but it's a different reason than emotion, love, and soul. The political reason is because I think as African-American people, we have felt all the time, especially women, that there are not enough men, uh, that so many of our men are incarcerated uh, or under court supervision or having economic difficulties. So we have felt that there's not enough men. And uh, so we get angry when somebody from another community marries one of our men. And then also, I think to keep it real, as African-American women, we wonder sometimes, do our men love us? Do they think that we are beautiful? Do they love us if we have the same complexion that they do, you know? Or is it automatically that they want to find somebody based on them being of a lighter complexion or a whiter complexion? So now I think it's about the soul two people to come in together for the soul. And it's about the belief, the faith. Do they believe in the same things? Can they make a family that has love and harmony, that's balanced, you know, uh, that raises the children well? I think those are the dominant issues. All right, we got more with Sister Soldier. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Sister Soldier. What gives mm. you your inspiration to continue to go on? Like, where do you, what, what, what inspires you since you inspire so many people? You know, I just want to be good. Uh, I want to be good. I want uh, my soul to be good. I care about 
what happens to my soul after it returns, meaning after I pass away from this earth. I don't believe it's the end of life once you you leave the earth. I believe your soul lives on and so and that there's judgment. I know we live in a time where the young people don't want to believe in judgment or they hate judges That's right. and they hate judgment. My thing is I'm not the judge, but there is a judge. And so since I know that there is a judge for my own soul and I'm only responsible for my own soul, for my own soul, I want to do the right thing so I can end up in the right place when my soul leaves the earth. Now, you know, that's that's one of the reasons what you just said about, um you know, people not wanting to be judged. That's one of the reasons I've always loved Coldest One Ever because there was a real consequence to win his, to win his action. Mm. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times you see these stories and there's no real consequences and repercussions. And I, I've seen that trickle into real life now. These kids really don't think there's no consequences or repercussions to their actions. I think the discussions that we have, a lot of times uh, we don't have a common link with scholarship you know people who have studied not for the sake of being arrogant or being superior to the hood but for the sake of helping for example we had this whole big dialogue going about snitching and whether somebody is a rat or a human or, you know a civilian or you know all of this big dialogue and when i'm seeing this dialogue I'm saying, wow, you know, in science class when I was young, they taught me that self-preservation is the first law of nature. That means if somebody's back is up against the wall, their natural inclination will be to save themselves. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying this to say, oh, I support snitching. I'm saying this to say, that if you study and you learn some things, you won't all the time be shocked That's right. by what people do. There's an old saying, there's no honor among thieves. Right. So how come when there's a ring of thieves or a ring of crime, people expect there to be honor? That's right. That's Can you blame people for what they're, what they're, what they're doing when they're just trying to survive? Uh, it's not about blame. I think what it is is that uh, we all have been given a mind and a soul but your mind you know is 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 like a car if you don't put gas in the car the car won't move mm. if you don't put knowledge into your mind your mind won't manufacture good options and you won't know how to grab onto positive opportunities <laughs> you have to be concerned about your own longevity so I wanted yeah. to ask you that. I remember a few years ago you had done an interview where you said you don't really watch reality shows. And yeah. one of the things that um, Winter was on is, you know, she was planning to get out and do a reality show. So what are your thoughts on reality shows today? Is there anything that you do like? Well, here's the deal. I watched reality shows up until a point, but I just felt myself getting so sad about the state. Of, of our community and the state of our people on the shows. So I think uh, from the beginning of the introduction of the reality shows, we've been very challenged about definitions to the point where young people don't even like definitions anymore. So if I say, okay, let's discuss manhood, let's discuss womanhood, we have to have a 24 hour debate 
about why <laughs> we should not say the word man and should not say the word woman. And that used to be something that happened uh, back in the day with identity. And the fact that we can't even agree on the definitions, that means that we can't even communicate. That's right. So we don't, if we don't know the definition of manhood or womanhood, and we don't know the definition of marriage, and we don't know the definition of husband and wife, that means that you could be marrying somebody who actually doesn't know what he or she is supposed to do. Mm. But what do we learn this? Where do we learn this? And and that's that's part of the problem. Like you can't go to the barbershop and you have a conversation about what love is. I mean, you, you could talk about LeBron James at the barbershop, but you know, right. are you having a conversation about, you know, what a man should do in a marriage well, or you, what love is or how to raise your child? Like we don't have those conversations per se. Right. And what our community has to look at is that in other communities, those are the things that make up their culture. So in another community, for example, they might have a faith. And from the faith comes the rules. The rules establish the order and define how things should go. But in our community, we don't have a consensus about almost anything. And then even in the larger American community, we don't have a consensus because America pushes rugged individualism. Mm -hmm. That's why when COVID hit, there was a big argument. No, is it patriotic to put on a face mask? No, it's not patriotic. It's my right not to put it on. Uh, and then there's this big dialogue. As a result, so much time passed without Americans being able to agree, so many things happen. Nobody could integrate into the conversation that this is about science. <laughs> this is about a virus that happens a particular way. And if you don't adopt these protective procedures, we are at, we're going to have a collective emergency, even though we're a collection of rugged individuals. You know, yeah. to, to, to add on to what Envy said, too, um, another reason that, you know, it's hard for us to discuss love in our community is because of the examples we've seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, like, yeah, my father loved my mother, but it, it, it was toxic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like we, we don't see too many good examples of of healthy love and healthy relationships. Right. You're right. I mean, you're 100 percent right. And that goes for all of us. Every family is going to experience different kind of things, but the fundamental things is what is causing the crisis in the community of the African-American people. Where do we go to learn it? I don't know, uh, because I feel like as one of the people in uh, hip hop who dedicated myself to study, who you know went to college and graduated, who loves books more than you know any other material thing, I. I didn't feel even the love in hip hop, the welcome in hip hop that I think I should have felt. I'm, I was there to be from, from young age. I was there to be helpful. That was always my agenda. Save the children, save the mothers, save the fathers. Right. You know, let's build camps, let's build schools. Let's re relearn the things that we should know 
in order to keep our community cohesive and in order to survive. And that conversation led to my being an outsider because people, uh, quite frankly, didn't want to hear it, didn't want to change, didn't want to strive. And as a result, it went on for so long that we haven't corrected ourselves. Now we have a young generation who doesn't like criticism. Okay. So you don't like judgment. You don't want to study. <laughs> you don't like anything historical because you think it's old. Mm -hmm. And you don't like criticism. How will you become a better person day by day? Oof. Well, how will you learn? All right, we got more with Sister Soldier. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. CJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Sister Soldier. What, what do you think about the, can the cancel culture part? where you almost can't learn. You can't do anything wrong because it stays with you. But it's almost like you're not allowed to make a mistake. You're not allowed to grow. You're not allowed to evolve. Yeah, actually, some of the people that keep using this word toxic are the most toxic. All of the things that I learned seem like everybody thinks they are irrelevant now. Free speech was part of the Constitution. But now it's not free speech. It's politically correct speech or make me feel comfortable speech. And if you don't, I'm going to threaten your financial existence and cancel you and your whole family. Right. That's not that's not free speech. Mm -hmm. And we were taught when we studied the Constitution of the United States of America that your free speech goes up to the limit of you yelling fire in a crowded movie theater. Meaning you can speak freely as long as you are not setting off a chaotic, uh, illegal situation. And so that was the limit. But now that's not it. It could just be uh, some simple thing you said or some simple thing you read that you spoke about. Or, you know, you said how you felt about the vaccine or you said about whatever, how you feel about anything. And you can have your whole career ruined because of it. That's right. I, I want to go back to the book for a second. You got Nia Long to to be the voice of winner for the for the audio book. Did you pick it yourself, or did you have auditions? Yes. Or what? <laughs> I picked Nia because the book company sent me fifteen names of people who could read the audio version of Life After Death, and I'm an audio book fan, so I buy audio books. So I know off the top. Soon as I hear the voice, if the voice is not right for me, I shut the book off. I don't even care about the story mm -hmm. if the voice is not right on the audio book. So they sent me 15 names and some of the people on the list that they gave had won Grammys and all kinds of awards and accolades. And I was like, but for the coldest winner ever, this list is irrelevant. It has to be somebody that the hood loves. That's right. It has. It has to be somebody that the hood loves. It has to be somebody that the men and the women love. Somebody whose voice is soothing and sultry. Somebody who's considered beautiful. Somebody who's considered soft enough and cool enough. You know, not a pushover, but, you know, still sweet. Nia Long to me fit that description. That's amazing. I will say, though, Sister Sosa, you do have that sultry voice also. Yeah, thank you very much. But you know what? I knew that I would not be the voice reading The Coldest Winter Ever 
or Life After Death, my new novel, because I want to keep my voice, the Sister Soldier voice, distinct from the Winter Santiago voice. I don't think those two voices can really mix. And not only that, when I think of anything for winter, I think, what would winter want? Winter wouldn't want me reading her story. She knows what she wants. <laughs> she knows what she wants. And she would be like, you know, she would approve of Mia, but she <laughs> wouldn't approve of, of other folks. So I'm happy that Mia agreed. You know, Do you listen to any of the women in hip hop today? Like, are there any of these artists that are out now that you're like, okay, I like, you know, City Girls or Megan Thee Stallion? Well, I have nieces. My sisters all have daughters, a lot of daughters. And um, because I have nieces, that is what introduces me to the young women of hip hop. So I, I like, um, I know y'all, not gonna believe this, but I like Young Ma. Young Ma, like, okay. Yeah, I like her. Um, who would Winter like? Who would Winter? Like? <laughs> uh, probably Cardi B. Okay. Cardi. Yeah. I, th I yeah, think I think you would really like Rhapsody, Sister Soldier. Rhapsody. Okay. Yeah. So she, she I'll have to check. I'll have to check yeah, it I think out. Like um, too. Yeah, yeah you Now nah, she's from North Carolina. I think you would really, really, really dig in. She's a she's a huge, huge fan of um the coldest one ever. True, oh, is that right? Yeah. True lyricist. Okay. True yeah, lyricist. Well, I, mean, I think she's the best rapper out. Period. True lyricist. She gets busy. Do they know who her aunt is? Do they know her how how big her aunt is and what her her aunt has done to for our culture? My nieces. Well, my nieces and I are very close. They make me feel like uh, I don't miss the fact that I don't have a daughter and that I have a son. Mm. Uh, and the reason why is because they, we, you know, all of my travels across the country and across the world, usually my nieces come with me. Mm. And, uh, and they're very challenging to me because they don't listen to anything that I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're like the public, you know, mm -hmm. uh, they're very challenging to me, but by being in contact with them all of the time, I'm able to feel the pulse of the young generation and know what's going on. You know, I, I yep. know you, you, uh, your, your fictional stuff is so great. You know, Cole, just want to ever the sequel that's out right now, Life After Death Midnight. But you did write a memoir in 94, No Disrespect. I don't know what you would call it now. But you know, you're, you're, you're grown a lot more years. Have you ever mm. thought about pinning something like that again? Yes, the memoir is not my autobiography. So I want to write the autobiography of Sister Soldier. Mm. I think it's important for people that are in the public eye to write their autobiographies, including all of you, you know, Charlemagne, Angela Yee, and me. Write your autobiography because after after you are no longer here, all kinds of people will come saying all kinds of things that are not true. And you can't dispute it. You can't debate it. And if you haven't left a matter of record of your life, uh, then you cannot be uh, mem uh, memorialized properly or remembered properly. And that's so important, you know? Well, make sure you pick up this book right here. That's right. Life After Death, the sequel to Coldest Winter Ever. Sister Soldier, you are a treasure, man. You know, we, uh, we, we, you know, during Black History Month, we honored different Black History Month legends. And we, we, we honored you uh, 
last month. So we really do wow. appreciate you, you and all your contributions to the culture. Absolutely. Well, I want to say, Charlamagne, I I I like your um, your self correction. Uh, I've seen your growth, and 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 I'm very happy. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Because when we're young, we are something else. <laughs> we are something else. That's you right. Know, all well, thank you so much. Get wiser. Thank you. Thank you. You so know, much. I'm so excited for this book. I've been waiting for this for decades. <laughs> So I'm really happy it's here. So for everybody, make sure you pick it up. Life after death. All Thank right. you so much. And in stores now. Thank you so much, Sister Soldier. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, you all know that Jay Z recently did that deal where he sold half of the stake in Ace of Spades to LVMH Louis Vuitton with Hennessy. So Forbes is value, valuing the deal at about $630 million, which means that Jay-Z would get about $315 million in that deal. Sounds like good business to me. That's amazing. And you still own 50% of uh, you know, Ace, Ace of Spades, Spades yep. now, and now you have a bigger distributor, the biggest, the biggest champagne distributor in the world. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. All right. So Forbes also in this article talked about other celebrity deals that have been done in the past five years, like George Clooney. Diageo purchased his tequila company Casamigos back in 2017. That transaction valued the company at up to one billion dollars, mm -hmm. including 700 million up front and another 300 million based on performance over the following 10 years. So what did George Clooney end up getting? Two hundred million dollars pre-tax. That's why he was a top paid actor of 2018 because of that deal. Kylie Jenner with her Kylie Cosmetics, she ended up uh, giving away a 51% stake of the brand back in January of 2020. She ended up getting $540 million pre-tax and she it. still has 44.1% stake in the company. Other deals, Rihanna. Of course, you know, Rihanna did a deal with LVMH and she did that makeup brand with them. And they said she owns 50%. Well, she said that LVMH owns 50%. She owns 15%. That 15% is about uh, $450 million of the $3 billion brand. I love it. And I just want to say F you to all you people mm -hmm. that I've seen you guys talking a lot. So, oh, she doesn't own, she only owns 15%. Oh, my God. 15% is $500 million. 15% of a $4 billion company, you digital D-heads. My goodness. Could you just And that's die? just the makeup, by the way. She also has her fashion house, Fenty, which is also a joint venture with LVMH. And she also, of course, has her lingerie line. Her, I would take a percent The crazy part is everybody runs around celebrating owning 100% of nothing. When, nothing. All of these, when all of these people who actually have big businesses that are making billions, hundreds of millions of dollars. None of them own 100% either. 100% of this nothing! This person has a percentage, this person has a percentage. They're all working together to make something huger. So when they have these big sales, they end up with numbers like this. Give me a 1% of a $4 billion company. Come on, man. Now, Kanye has a more complicated deal with Adidas with Yeezy, and they said that he gets a royalty of approximately 11% of Yeezy revenue, and based on revenues of $1.3 billion in 2019, they said he likely got about $140 million in royalties. He only has how much? 11%? First of all, don't say only. No, so it said, no, 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 it's a, <laughs> no, he said it's a different... That. No, no, no. It's a, I was trying to say it's a more complicated deal. It's a profit sharing agreement. So oh, okay. he owns that sounds right. his brand, Yeezy, yeah. but Adidas handles the production, marketing, and distribution. So he gets a royalty from that. Okay. All right. Now that makes sense. Because he created, he started, he founded, he built, he put that together, and he went against all those companies because he wanted to keep ownership. That's how I was 
bugging when you said 11%, but it's more to that. He still has ownership, though. Yeah. He has ownership percentage. All right, now, now, Big Sean says that he contemplated suicide many times and even had a gun in his hand. He was doing an interview for Facebook Watch, and here's what he said. Sometimes it takes more than a song. Sometimes it takes more than an album. Sometimes it takes you really spending time with yourself, and that's one of the things I was neglecting. That was my mentality, was taking care of everybody else and trying not to look soft. So I'm working, exhausting myself for years and years and years, and I couldn't get through the day, you know, without without feeling terrible. I couldn't, I was sure contemplating suicide a lot of times, you know, having guns in my hands, I, you know, and just really just, you know, feeling it for real. Totally get it. All right, love and light, of course, to Big Sean. Yeah, I love it. I mean, all these black men having conversations about their mental health, all these black men having conversations about self-care, all these black men, you know, being vulnerable, talking about doing the work on themselves to deal with their traumas. I love it. Dropping the clues bombs with Big Sean. Investing in mental health. Okay? All right, and T.I. is not returning for Ant-Man 3. Uh, Marvel Studios' upcoming Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Now, they are saying they're not sure why it's unclear if it's related to the recent accusation accusations against him, but he will not be returning for Ant-Man 3. Yeah, he was never supposed to be in Ant-Man 3, though. Because if you know anything about the Marvel Universe, they are going to the space. They're going to space. They're going to the cosmos now. Okay, they're playing in the quantum realm, in the multiverses. I don't think T.I. fits into that equation. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss She. Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Before after the hour, let's talk about America being a businessman. I need uh, Greg Abbott, okay, governor of Texas, and uh, Governor Tate Reeves in Mississippi to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with them, please. All right. We'll get to that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Come on. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkeys of the Day at Charlemagne. I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed one. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey of the Day. Breakfast <laughs> <laughs> Club, bitches. Now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Well, Donkey of the Day for Wednesday, March 3rd, goes to Texanist Governor Greg Abbott and Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves. Respectfully or disrespectfully, I don't know how people take these things, but I don't care. Because my true concern at the end of the day is always about the people. I mean, someone has to care about the people, okay? Because it's fair to say that most government officials don't see Greg Abbott, uh, you know, and, 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 and don't. And Tate Reeves, government officials like Greg Abbott and Tate Reeves don't care because they announced yesterday that they are rescinding the statewide and countywide mask mandates and they are allowing businesses to reopen at 100 percent capacity. OK, now these announcements came shortly after CDC director Dr. Rochelle Walensky warned state officials against lifting restrictions too quickly. But let's give this more context. Let's go to CNBC News with Shepard Smith for the report, please. The mad rush to reopen is on. States are lifting restrictions, some dramatically, some completely, even as health experts warn, do not do that. Mm. The governor of Texas announced his state will get back to normal next week. The governor of the second most populated state in the nation admits that COVID has not suddenly disappeared. But he says as more Texans get vaccinated, the state is ready to reopen. Then there's the governor of Mississippi rolling back restrictions there as well. Starting tomorrow, Tate Reeves says the state of Mississippi will lift all county mask mandates and allow businesses to open at full capacity. He says the move comes 
as hospitalizations statewide have plummeted and cases have dramatically declined. Public health officials have been warning the country could be headed for a fourth wave of COVID if precautions fourth? are lifted too soon. When did the first one end? <laughs> you can't just get back to normal when things aren't normal. What is normal exactly? Would you like to hear what Governor Greg Abbott had, uh, I said habit, Greg Abbott had to say? Let's listen. Too many Texans have been sidelined from employment opportunities. Too many small business owners have struggled to pay their bills. This must end. Effective next Wednesday, all businesses of any type are allowed to open 100%. Also, I am ending the statewide mask mandate. Now, despite these changes, remember this. Removing state mandates does not end personal responsibility. You, you see how you kept referencing businesses? Uh, forget people dying and being sick. It's about the business, okay? Remember that, the business. Now, let's listen to the Governor Tate Reeves in Mississippi. What do you have to say? This new order removes all of our county mask mandates and allows businesses to operate at full capacity without state-imposed rules or restrictions. If businesses or individuals decide to take additional precautions, they are absolutely within their rights. Business, business, business. What surprises y'all about this? <clears throat> I'm just curious. I mean, I'm giving them Donkey of the Day because Donkey of the Day is all about giving people the credit they deserve for being stupid, but y'all can't be surprised, right? I mean, I'm not surprised. We live in a country that cares about profits more than people. Let's be clear. This is all about the economies of these states. Nothing more, nothing less. And America has consistently shown us since the beginning of time that cash rules everything around America. Okay? Which is nuts to me because it should be consumers rule everything around America because that cash doesn't spend itself. If everybody is sick and dead, how are you going to get their dead presidents? How are you going to get that dead presidents if everybody did? Now, Governor Abbott spoke on cases going down in Texas. Let's listen. The number of active COVID cases is the lowest since November mm. and is less than half of what it was just a month ago. Mm. Also, today is the lowest positivity rate we've had in four months. We have been under 10% positivity rate for days now. Today, <clears throat> we're now under 9% positivity rate in the state of Texas. But make no mistake, COVID has not, like, suddenly disappeared i guess i'm the stupid one mm -hmm. like i tell y'all all the time i'm not the highest grade of weed in the dispensary nor am i the strongest avenger but if active covid cases are going down if the positivity rates of covid are low why stop doing the things that got us there now hmm if i'm attempting to get in shape and i start going to the gym if i start dieting after a few months of doing that i'm not gonna stop working out and eating right when I start to see results, okay? The results let me know I'm on the right path, so I'm gonna keep going until I reach my ultimate goal. But hey, that's just me. I won't resort back to eating terribly and not working out because I lost five or 10 pounds, especially if my goal is save 40. Now I mentioned Dr. Rochelle Walensky, director of the CDC earlier. Uh, let's listen to what she had to say. The latest CDC data continue to suggest that recent declines in cases have leveled off at a very high number. The most recent seven-day average of cases represents an increase of a little over 2% compared to the prior seven days. Similarly, the most recent seven-day average of deaths has also increased more than 2% from the previous seven days. At this level of cases with variant spreading, we stand to completely lose the hard-earned ground we have gained. Now is not the time to relax the critical safeguards that we know can stop the spread of COVID-19 in our communities. See, Rochelle cares about people. 
Okay, she cares about folks actually getting sick, folks dying. I heard nothing about business in what she said. Okay, everything she just said is about wanting to keep people healthy. I've been telling y'all this since the beginning of the pandemic. It is so much information out there. I don't know what's true. I don't know what's not true. I just know with my eyes and ears, okay, the things that I have seen and heard, uh, the things that I've seen working are wearing a mask, social distancing, washing your hands. That's what I've been doing for the past year, and it's worked for me. Okay, so why stop now? All right, self-preservation, people, a basic human instinct. This country, America, will never put the people first. Okay, they need to change it from we the people to we the paper. All right, it should be freedom, liberty, and justice for all y'all with money. The rest of y'all figure it out amongst yourselves. Okay, America is not a country, it's a business. Jackie Cogan, movie, killing him softly. That's why so many of us American citizens sound like disgruntled employees complaining about the lack of vision of our bosses. But here's the thing, it's not a lack of vision they have. They are purposely choosing not to see us because they are too busy seeing the paper, all right? The business of America is not the people, the business of America is business, period. Let's hope that one day, you know, the words of Peter Marshall come true. All right. Peter Marshall said, may we think of freedom not as the right to do as we please, but as the opportunity to do what's right. What these governors are doing may make you feel good. OK, because you are getting to do what you please. But when people's lives are at risk, it's simply not right. Please let Kathy Griffin give Governor Abbott of Texas and Governor Reeves of Mississippi the biggest hee-haw. Please give this giant jar of mail the biggest hee-haw. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for that donkey today. Yes, ma'am. All right. I guess this would be a bad time to let everybody know I'll be Atlanta this weekend. Ugh. Wow. DJ. Woo. Why? Tell them why you're going to Atlanta. It's not because you enjoy Monster. playing music for the people and you like to enjoy seeing people dancing. I do. I love it, man. Yeah, I love yeah, seeing yeah. people dancing. How much you charging? Therapy. It's therapy. How much you charging? It's therapy. For How much you charging? You know, you How much you charging? You know, sometimes. How much you charging? Don't your therapist just say sometimes How just need to get grounded? How much are you charging? So for some people in Atlanta, they need to get grounded. So you gonna be in the club barefoot? Is it party outside? You gonna be walking through the grass, getting centered like I do? That's yes. what you gonna do? Yeah, we, we gonna be hugging trees. You gonna find you a baller, Envy? And we gonna we gonna be hugging wood all the weekend long. How much you charging? Hmm? Who's what you hugging? <laughs> How much you charging? So shout out to my family at BQE. Shout out to my family at Sweet. I bet you ain't Slush, giving, I bet you ain't giving no discounts to that family. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not, There's going to be a lot of people hugging wood out there in Atlanta. Everything's so. not about money, Yee, in yeah. Charlemagne. Oh, really? He's donating. I didn't say anything about He's money. His, what he so gets. you're doing all your parties free in Atlanta yeah. All-Star Weekend. That's yeah. nice. Huh? Uh-huh. Donating all the money to charity? Huh? Huh? Yeah, exactly. As I said, America's not a country. It's a business. Okay. All right. Up next, ask ye. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice or you just need advice, call her right now. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. There's a move. Come on, Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Ye, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Anonymous. Hey, Anonymous. What's your question for Ye? Okay, so basically, I've seen my boyfriend. I looked at the text log um, from my account, and I've seen that he was texting some escorts. 
Mm-hmm. And when I approached him about it, he basically said that it was he was texting someone about some shoes, and um, he don't know what the phone lines are connected to. So, so I lied. looked it up on Google, mm-hmm. and I see that it's escorts. Okay. So I approached him about it, and he still continued to lie. Um, and then one of them was a Oh, you have to say so, trans woman. So it's a trans woman and then someone that was, you know, given jobs or whatever. So What's the job? When they lick your and you oh. lick the Yeah. It's like licking the rim. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, and we're engaged now. Ooh. And this is after the engagement. Well, it feels so to I don't me, know what to do. It feels I mean, to me I like, know what to do, but he continued to lie about it. So Right, and he's not going to tell the truth, but you know what it is. You're asking him something you already know the answer to. Right. And so, of course, he's lying because he doesn't want you to leave him, and he probably hasn't come to terms with whatever it is that he's doing that he's ashamed of, which is hitting up escorts. Right. But why do that? Like, I mean, why? Well, it clearly it's something that he's into, and maybe there's things that they're doing that he doesn't want his wife to do. A lot of times guys like to do things with people that they pay for that they're not getting at home because they're, you know, maybe are not really coming to grips with the fact that they like certain things, and they don't want to ask you because he thinks that maybe you'll judge him. But we do stuff like that. Right. We, you know, he likes it, you know. In the you know, it has or whatever. Yeah, so that's why I'm confused of why you have to go somewhere else. And then now I'm thinking to myself, are you gay? So you is use a first time that you've done this. You use a strap on on him? No. What do you do? I've never done that. You just lick his. Yeah, he asked me, you know, to lick his and you know, stick my finger in, which you know, okay. is kind of pleasurable when you're in the moment, but. Right. Well, here's my thing. You have some reservations right now. You guys are engaged. Perhaps, you know, don't think about marriage hey, right hey, now if you have time. reservations. You shouldn't be getting married if you're not sure. So, I mean, you think you should call it the marriage? We didn't already... Envy agrees with your husband. Envy just walked in. He agrees with your husband. I don't agree with nothing. I didn't hear nothing. I don't know nothing. I don't know what's going on. But I just think, listen, this is what I think. When you have these issues and you're not even married yet, you got to work through those Mm -hmm. before you get married, not after. What issues she has? I mean, so he's been her husband, her fiance's been be been hitting up escorts. Uh, some of them trans women. Uh, listen, if you have any reservations, don't do it until y'all figure out what's going on. He's got to learn to be honest. No matter what it is that he's doing, if he you're asking him these questions that you know the answers to, and you're going through his things, and he's lying to you about it, that's not going to just solve itself. So, do you think he's done doing it, or I mean, because we already paid for the wedding, so it's not like we can just cancel things off, you know? Yes, you can. You 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 absolutely can. Yeah. What do you think is more expensive to have a wedding that you don't really know for sure you want to have, and then later on get divorced, or put it off until you're sure? Right. I mean, putting it off. But I do love him. I mean, we have kids together, so right. Just, I'm not saying that you can't get married, but you need to tell him, look, I'm not marrying you until we have open, honest conversation, because you can't even make a decision off of what you don't know. Right. So just be like, look, at least allow me 
the, uh, you know, just give me the respect to tell me the truth so I can make decisions based on facts. Right now, you're lying to me. That's already a red flag. I don't want to marry a liar. Right now, you're doing things that you feel like you have to sneak around and do behind my back. You don't even know what I'm cool with, what I'm not cool with. And I don't know what it is that you need from me, if there's anything I can do or if I can't. But I would love, love for us to have that conversation because I don't want either one of us to get into a situation where we're not happy. Okay. Well, I mean, because I've talked to him multiple times and he just still continued to lie. So, I mean, I don't have... You can't marry that, a liar. You know, but I, it, it's showing in the text messages on my account. So, and when I look it up on Google, it's saying... Does he know that you see his text messages all the time? Yeah, I, I, I told him. And he said, you know, I treat you so I don't know what this account is linked to. But, you know, just, yeah. He lying, girl. Like, you just can't marry a liar, period. No matter what it is that he's lying about, you just can't do that to yourself. It's not going to end right. well. Okay. And sometimes you got to give people that ultimatum for them to finally come clean because he's just going to keep on lying thinking y'all just going to get married. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. All right. Well. I, I hope y'all work things through, but just in the meantime, you can't be with nobody that you can't trust. Right. I'm okay. sorry. Thank you. Okay. He probably needs to get some individual help. I would suggest that he talk to somebody and maybe that will help him come to terms. It might be things he hasn't come to terms with himself. Well, I was thinking seeking canceling because, I mean, he's cheated before, you know, right. and had a whole baby. It's, it's, it's a lot. That's a different story. Girl. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you it's something. Right. Don't do this to yourself. You might feel like I'm already all the way in so deep. In many ways. Right. It's easier said than done. Like, we have yeah. kids. And I get there, that. You know? And it is easier said than done, but you you don't want to keep on going deeper and deeper. Right. Okay. All right. I wish you the best, Thank though. You. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I'm going to keep it real with you. Get some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Yes, good morning. It's Harlem Rockstar. How y'all doing? Hey, Yee. Oh, hey, what's Harlem up, Harlem Rockstar? It's Harlem good Rockstar. morning. Good morning. Peace, peace. Yee, I was trying to tell you this, but, you know, you was like, you was on a lot busy and stuff like that. But listen, this is my question, right? I have mm-hmm. a neighbor, and she's... You know, she's very well seasoned, meaning she's older, about 68 <laughs> or whatever. And sometimes I help her around the house with little knickknacks and, you know, like grocery shopping and stuff like that. So the other day, I was helping her with her groceries. Now, she told me to have a seat, you know, because she wanted to show me something. So I said, all right, you know, you want to show me something. Maybe it's, maybe she bought something. So she goes in the room closes the door and she was taking a little while it took about 10 minutes and you know i was like you know i, I hope this lady ain't have a stroke or nothing so she comes out the room with a robe i hear music playing from somewhere i don't even know no clothes <laughs> under so the robe, and she straddles me so you know i have to get up on idea so listen so my question is that do i continue avoiding this very well seasoned lady or do i confront her over the phone, of course, because I'm traumatized to go back there. And if I do have a conversation with her, what do I say? Like, because I'm, I'm, I was, I, I was shocked. I was, I was shocked. And it seems to be the older women that's been coaching me lately. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Yeah. First of all, nobody can 
invade your space in that way. She should not have touched you. She should not have been in your space at all. So I think you do have well, to you know, let her know that. Too. All right, but too, so I think she, she still can't high. do that. Well, you need to tell her. It doesn't give her the right. Right. So you have to let her know that. And I wouldn't be around her at all anymore. I would tell her I was uncomfortable. And she's lucky that you're not pressing charges against her for assaulting you because that is assault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Technically, yeah. It, it is. is. It is. Yeah. So it you is. let her yeah. know that and be like, look, I'm not comfortable. I won't be around anymore. And I'm telling you right now so that you don't do that to somebody else. You have assaulted me and I'm not. Just don't be around her. Are you OK? Yeah, I'm fine. I know that I wasn't giving her the wrong type of vibe, so I was... I definitely didn't you know? say you were, but I'm just asking, are you okay? Because I know things like this I'm can fine. happen, and we I'm think fine, we're okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine. Like, she just put one leg over me, and I'm just like, whoa, like, gotta go, gotta go. Right, right. Go. Yeah, yeah, I definitely don't think that you were asking for it. It does not matter if you were, you were helping her, so... You know, nobody is allowed to do something like that to you without your consent. So, no, you're not wrong. And you should let her know. But I don't know if you even want to speak to her anymore. I don't, actually. Yeah, no, no. If yeah. I were you, I would probably actually send her a message to read so that I also have that. Yeah. In case she tries to say something crazy about you. Yeah. I don't think she will, but that's a, that's a smart thing about sending a text message. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, listen, Harlem Rockstar, we're friends over here on social media. So if you need anything, you let me know. But just know it's not a funny situation. It's not anything that should have happened to you. And if later on or, you know, you feel like I need to talk about it, you should definitely uh, speak to somebody because that definitely wasn't right. Yeah. Like I was like, I told one 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 other person and, and they kind of thought it was funny because the lady was like, old. And mm -hmm, I'm well, old, older or old. No, she's like, you know, like that, that, that just, that just wasn't, wasn't cool. Like, you know. All right. Well, and listen, for anybody out there, if you need help, there's rain. The and that is for uh, the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline. That number is eight hundred six five six Hope, and that's how you can get a trained staff member from a sexual assault provider in your area. Thank you, Dean. Appreciate you. Okay. Okay. All right, ask ye 800-585-1051 if you need relationship advice. Hit ye up now. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes, and Bow Wow and Soldier Boy are beefing at some wrestlers on social media. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's the one and only. It's The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Yeah. Rumor report. Rumor report. This is The Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Now, if you recall, Bow Wow had said on social media uh, last month that he wants to join the WWE. He said it's been a lifelong childhood dream of his to wrestle. Well, looks like he's dead serious about it. He actually uh, shouted out to Soldier Boy. He said, yo, Soldier Boy, these wrestlers are terrified. I've been giving them the business since I announced I was training. They so scared we're going to take all they shine. And then Soldier Boy said, rap game faker than WWE. T-Bar, who's a wrestler, said, does the rap game take years off your life and leave you with countless injuries and debilitating pain? Oh, well, maybe just stick to super soaking hose or whatever it is you did 15 years ago. Yeah, I, I, they better 
Bow Wow gonna get hurt. He gonna, oh, get, never, he gonna get hurt. What you mean? <laughs> First of all, what Bow Wow and Soldier Boy are doing is genius. It's wrestling. Wrestling is wrestlers not real. Wrestlers get hurt. Wrestlers is a, of course it's they a get hurt, real. They but get they, hurt. But they practice and they they'll figure it you out. You think Bow Wow and, and Soldier Boy are gonna practice? They won't be the first celebrities to step into the ring. They do things to make sure that those guys don't get hurt. They, what they're doing is genius. They're building up, you know, anticipation for it, making people want to see it. And even if you want to see Bow Wow and Soldier Boy get in the ring just to get hurt, you're going to tune in and they're gonna get paid. Drop one well, of Randy Bow Wow and Soldier Boy. <laughs> I'm gonna tune in. Randy Orton responded, fake, dare this, I don't know if I can say this word, um, to step up. He don't like movies, consider us actors that do stunts without pads 200 days a year True. and don't bitch when we get surgically repaired and come right back. Consider us 100 times tougher than anyone you've come across. Ain't nothing but a bitch, A. Very true. All that's true. That, what, what he just said is very true. Mm -hmm. But what Bow Wow and Soldier Boy are doing is great because, you know, they're making people want to see them in the ring, even if even if it's just to, for them to get hurt. But but can Bow Wow pick up a wrestler? Can like can he it body slam matter. a wrestler? Like he can't do none of that. It don't matter. They can figure all that out. Yeah, did somebody get shot by you? What the <laughs> hell's going on? Listen, there's always sirens around here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're on their way somewhere. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> All right, Kodak Black is going to be allowed to travel across the country for work purposes. Only a federal judge has signed off on that, according to legal documents. He can go. He got that stamp of approval with certain limitations. He can go out of state, but he has to provide a full itinerary schedule that includes where he is staying when he is traveling. Why well, leave Florida? Kodak Black probably can make a million dollars in Florida just doing shows. But I'm sure he's getting booked everywhere else. Atlanta, especially for Georgia, All -Star. Florida, <laughs> Georgia, Texas. Texas. <laughs> You have a party with him, Envy? Back to Florida, back to Atlanta. Nah, I ain't got no parties with Kodak. I got a party with uh, Jeezy and Trick Daddy. But no Kodak. Okay. Mm. <laughs> All right, now Matthew Knowles is planning to retire from the music industry. He said, I'm ready to move on. And he told Page Six that he's going to be doing some more fulfilling projects. So it looks like he is uh, planning to do things like helping. He, ha he actually launched a podcast on iHeart called Matthew Knowles Impact, and he's been featuring guests who work in a variety of fields. And he said he has a family member that will appear on the show soon, so we're not sure who that is. And, yeah, so when he asked who his dream guest would be, he listed people like uh, Kamala Harris, Oprah mm -hmm. Winfrey, and so on. So he's transitioned completely out of music. Now he wants to be dedicated to mentoring academia. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be hard to be Matthew Knowles, right? Because you gave the world... Destiny's Child and Beyonce. Like, that's the bar you set for yourself. So if you don't, you know, deliver something like that again, it's just like, eh, you know, maybe you, might, maybe you need to find something else to do. All right. In the meantime, Salon said that she was fighting for her life when she recorded her last album. So she was... um Celebrating the two-year anniversary of When I Get Home, and she, and she wrote this note to her fans on Instagram. When I first started creating When I Get Home, I was quite literally fighting for my life in and out of hospitals with depleting health and broken spirits, asking God to send me a sign Damn. I would not only survive, but that if he let me make it out alive, I would step into the light, whatever that meant. So she didn't elaborate on what it was that was uh, that affected her health, but she was forced to cancel concerts back in 2017 because of an a uh, nerve disorder that she had, so. Damn. Who knew? Well, we sent us a large healing energy. Mm -hmm. Glad she's on the other side of whatever she was on. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. Well, and the Golden Globes, their ratings plummeted uh, during this pandemic. They did that virtual ceremony, and they said it was 6.9 million viewers that uh, tuned in. The highest they ever had was back in 2004 when they had almost 27 million viewers. 
Wow. I ain't go front. I didn't even know what was on. They had no clue. <laughs> I had no clue until I after heard, I seen everybody's outfits. Heard y'all reporting on it after the fact. I was I'm like, oh, yeah, I, didn't I didn't even know that happened. I didn't know it was on. I didn't even hear about the nominations being announced. Nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. And uh, shout to everybody again that's heading to Atlanta this weekend and next week. And, of course, we're doing a real estate seminar where we're trying to teach people how to get into real estate, own their first property, buy a investment property. So we'll be doing that in Atlanta. And we just announced that we're doing one in the New York, New Jersey area as well. So we're just trying to make sure people are are using all the money the best way that they can. All right. So um, hopefully we'll see you in Atlanta or New York City. All right. The mix is up next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now it's Women's History Month. Who are we repping today, Yeezy? Uh, today we will be honoring Bianca Smith. She is the first black female coach in Major League Baseball history. And that actually just happened this year in 2021. It's Women's History Month, and we're celebrating the most influential women in history. Check out this phenomenal woman. As far as, you know, young girls seeing themselves represented in sports, it makes it makes a difference. I mean, I never thought about coaching when I originally decided I wanted to get into baseball. I think that's primarily because it, yeah, it's not really something I saw, but I always saw women in the front office. Like, I didn't see women on the field, so it never occurred to me to be a coach until I actually got on the field myself and realized, okay, this is something I could do. It's a big responsibility because I know how important representation is. And while it's not something I certainly intended when I took the position with the Red Sox, it's something that I'm certainly willing to be that face if it means other girls, other women get into this game and realize that they could do this too. I'm more than happy to be that representation and give them advice and help them get to where they want to be. That's what being a coach is, is helping guide other people to get to where they want to actually get to. And that was another phenomenal woman in history. All right. Again, congratulations to Bianca Smith. The Boston Red Sox has welcomed her as a minor league coach. If you can see it, you can be it. And that's who we are honoring this Women's History Month. All right. Now, when we come back, we got the positive note, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, um, Charlemagne, you got to, oh, let me shout to Sister Soldier for joining us this morning. Salute yes. to Sister Soldier, man. Her new book, Life After Death, the sequel to the coldest winter ever 20 years later. And I'm going to tell y'all something, man. I, I'm seeing all these negative reviews on Amazon, which I know are fake, by the way. And I see people complaining about the book, but the one constant I notice is the people complaining about the book haven't even finished the goddamn book. How do you complain about a whole book that's 300 plus pages long, but you ain't even finished it yet? Like, that makes no sense to me. The book just came out yesterday. So it's like, shut up. <laughs> All right. Look, I've been waiting for Winter Santiago to see what was going to happen to her after she went to jail. So I'm excited. And I have a theory. I don't think Winter is what y'all think she is right now. OK, but we can talk about that, you know, later, 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 later on down the line. OK, because I don't want to spoil it for nobody. But yes, please go pick up Life After Death uh, by Sister Soldier, the sequel to the coldest winter ever, man. Salute to Sister Soldier. She is a gem. All right. Now, you got a positive note? Yes. The positive note is simply this, man. Uh, stop shrinking yourself to fit places you've clearly outgrown. Breakfast club, bitches! We all finished or y'all done?